Wagers. My name is Aaron Moss. With me is my wife, Michelle Moss. And this is Voyager's Cast, a Headcast Network 20-episode maxi-series podcast where we look at the greatest time travel show of the early 80s, Voyagers. Join us on this monthly expedition through time will be several of my podcasting friends and fellow Voyagers. Each month we look at an episode of Voyagers and give you our thoughts. Let's take a look and see where we're landing this time. Welcome to Voyager's Cast, episode number seven. Uh, again, I am your host, Aaron Moss, and with me, as always, is my beautiful co-host, Michelle Moss. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm um, spifferific. Spifferific. Yes, that's nice my word. word. Spifferific. Spifferific. Uh, today we're here to talk about, well, Voyager's. We're looking at episode seven. This was entitled, The Day the Rebs Took Lincoln. The air date was November the 21st, 1982. A day before my birthday. Yes, it was. You would have been, what, five that year? <laughs> turning five. And I would have been turning, a month later, I would have been turning 12. Anyways, moving on quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and here's a synopsis from Wikipedia, because I tend to go a little long at times. Bog and Jeff are captured by the Confederate States Army on November the 19th, 1863, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, because the South is winning the American Civil War. They learn that the Confederates kidnapped Abraham Lincoln on April the 18th, 1862, in Washington, D.C., but after escaping the camp, they go to London, England, in 1832, where they meet Charles Dickens. Meanwhile, back in Washington, a presidential liaison betrays Lincoln but the Voyagers bring Lincoln's hijacked presidential carriage back under Union control. So that's the synopsis. So, Michelle, again, this is your first time seeing it, and this is my first time seeing it since 1982. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost new to me, too. Yeah, you're only 12, so it's like, how much do you really remember? That has been 40 years ago. Yeah, you old man. Almost 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, all right, podcast is over. Leave me alone. <laughs> so what are your initial thoughts on, on the day the Rebs, took Link, the Rebs took Lincoln? So when you mentioned it was going to be an Abraham Lincoln show, not show, but like you mentioned the right. title. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean Abraham Lincoln? And you're like, yeah, duh, but. No, George Lincoln. <laughs> his great grandson. Um, I was expecting more out of it as far as like Abraham Lincoln goes. And, and I. And I would, it's weird because I, I don't think I'm a history buff, but then like, I'll be like, oh, I was so excited to know that it was going to be on Abraham Lincoln and like my little geeky nerd heart pitter powdered. Well, like our, our uh, Lee Harvey Oswald episode over on the Starbright Project. Yes. Oh, I'm excited to do about uh, JFK. JFK and. It was nothing about JFK. Well, it was a little about JFK. Malarkey. It was about Lee Harvey Oswald assassinating JFK. No, it wasn't. It was about a stupid mind and all this dumb sh stuff. But eventually they were trying no, to... I filtered myself. I caught it. <laughs> eventually they were trying to stop him from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But killing it, who? 
JFK. Yeah, but it wasn't about JFK. And to, you guys made it. No, you guys were like, oh, it's going to be a JFK oh, episode no. because you're a big fan of JFK and we're going to do a special on your birthday about JFK. And I was like, this has so nothing. You read a little too much into it. You said you're a big fan of JFK. And the conspiracy theories. We have the habit of calling it the JFK episode. Yeah, and that was your. And, that was, yeah. and you misled me. Intentionally, you, yeah, but it was. But this misleading. is the Voyager's cast. This is about Lincoln. I know. You, so anyway, our marital problems are showing up. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, not. <laughs> so uh, that was a nervous laugh, by the way. Um, <laughs> he just about spit his drink on the computer. Um, no, honestly, yeah, I, I was expecting a little bit more historically about Abraham Lincoln, though, I mean, in the title, it does kind of should have led me to believe more, but I, I don't know. I was just expecting something different, I guess, but... Is this the first time watching the show? <sighs> I know, I, mean, I none, know. None of it's really been... What I've wanted. Historically, <laughs> ac- well, historically accurate, in quotes. Right. I, mean, I know, I know. It's it, But, you know, they're like, if you want to read more about Abraham Lincoln go to this and then you know i don't know if it was on here or our 80s podcast or quantum leap but we talked about how like space balls threw me off as a child because i thought there was a big sliding door that opened and closed on the earth leading us out this one was it this one i believe so i think it was i think it was with lee wasn't it i I want to say lee was making fun of you about that yeah so oh yeah sure whatever but um you know, I'm just thinking of, like, the poor souls like myself who would have been like, well, whatever happened to this? Like, why, why did somebody kidnap Abraham Lincoln in the truth of it? But I liked it for what it was worth, and I thought the actor did a fantastic job of being Abraham Lincoln. I think they, again, pulled casting quite nicely out of that. Um, but... Uh, there was some, at least, at least I think it was this one I said that finally the chick wasn't all about like, <laughs> you know. Was it, no, it was the. Uh, was it this one or the no, next one? No, it was one? the last one. It was the or episode two ago. I think it was the one where uh, he leapt into uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I think it was Cleopatra, wasn't it? No, Cleopatra. Because Cleopatra didn't like. She was trying to get him. I don't know. But anyways. Well, no, she went to kiss him, and that's what caused him to time travel. Yeah, right. But it was her doing, not his. Right. But it was a blonde, I think. Are you sure it wasn't this one? Well, I know in the... uh, Was there really... Because, again, I'm working on that one, the Lawrence of Arivier Uh one. Uh, That one there, she was dark-haired, and she wasn't really a love interest story. Mm, I was I was happy about that because I was like, finally, someone who's not like the the world is ending. I don't want to die a virgin. But um, okay, so if it wasn't this one, then I'm Maybe getting a little, a little behind. Bit but uh, you guys will be hearing that one soon. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked uh, once again though. Jeffrey like knew like so much, but I was like, man, I would love to have been in the tent with Abraham Lincoln. But I think I would have been like, hey, Abraham, don't go to the theater. You know, like... <laughs> but see, that would not be petting right once went wrong. Sorry, this is wrong the show. wrong show for that. <laughs> and no, I mean... But no, they were still supposed to be correcting history. Yeah. That would make history incorrect. 
Yeah, I guess that they... So, again, you would do that, or me, I would shut up, because on the Boy Scout, I'd have to make sure everything goes... According to plan. The way it should be going. But you're saving a life. I mean... But who knows what'll happen if you do save that life. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like on a... It's a bit of an extreme example, but in a, a book written by Stephen King, 112263, where the main character's trying to save JFK from being assassinated... He does, but the world goes horribly wrong because of that. And when he comes back to the present, there's like wars and people are being killed. So you never know what would happen if you would have saved Abraham Lincoln from being shot. Yeah, but still, I would. I, I, I just. <laughs> yeah, just saying. I mean, I know. It just the idea of knowing someone's going to die and being in a tent with them, it's like knowing that knowledge. And especially admiring the person, it's like, oh my gosh, how could you keep your mouth yeah. shut? You know no, what I'm that saying? That would be hard to do. Not to. But real quick, uh, Abraham Lincoln's played by John Anderson in this episode, which he's been, I've seen him a lot of things. Here, um, MacGyver, an episode of Perfect Strangers, Babe Ruth, TV movie. Uh, oh, Speaking of our Starbright project, yes, he's also an episode of Quantum Leap. Didn't we say something that like one of his something or other play also played Abraham Lincoln, or or am I thinking of a different one? I'm probably getting all of these shows so <laughs> mixed up Probably. nowadays. I think it was the uh, Babe. That's what it was. Yes, it was Babe. Yeah. Wow, I am so getting these shows mixed up. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. They're all just kind of running together on me now, but. I liked the fact that, I don't know, I just, I liked the episode. I guess that's really what I want to say is, what about you? I mean, let, let's start with you. Maybe uh, I can pick up from some of your cues. Uh, no, I get with you. I agree that uh, John Anderson did a great job as Abraham Lincoln. He kind of has that Abraham Lincoln look just to be, I mean, I'll show you again. The audience can't see this, but this is the actual actor here on IMDb. Uh, John Anderson. Yeah, he does have he, that certain jawline. Yeah, he's, he's got that Abraham Lincoln look. It's kind of like the people who get casted for Superman. They have to look. They have he's that have so that high. certain jawline. Jaw yeah. Because, definitely. well, because of uh, Christopher Reeve started that for me. But <laughs> that's besides the point in a different podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, they have to look Christopher Reeve-y to yes. me. You know, they have to look Abraham Lincoln-y to me. They, don't, they cannot look like Abraham Lincoln and be casted as Abraham Lincoln. Right. No, they got to have a certain look. Unless they're Bill and Ted and they get the guy to play Abraham Lincoln. Even he looks say, like I, Abraham I Lincoln, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, he, he looked... Pretty Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking, oh, God dang it, man. I'm getting all these movies <laughs> blended together. But... Uh, and actually, just real quick, I'm on IMDb in their trivia. Uh, John Anderson, the guy that played Abraham Lincoln... He's played Abraham Lincoln several times in his career. Oh. So he's been typecasted as Abraham yes. Lincoln. I guess this was the last time he did so on screen, though. But yeah, before this, he's played Abraham did Lincoln. Did he die? Not after this, but... Oh. But yeah, he... Uh, Maybe he got into, like, a, a gun shot to the head, too. And also, just real wrong, quick, I mentioned earlier about wrong. Charles Dickens. Uh-huh. Uh, this is also the first episode in which Phineas and Jeffrey travel in time and interact with fictional characters. 
from Dodger and all them. Right. They're, they're actual fictional characters made by Charles Dickens. So in the Voyager's world, they're real characters that Charles Dickens based his book on. Right. But they didn't actually exist in our world. Mm. So. You know, the Charles Dickens thing, once again, it's funny because usually the main title of the show I enjoy, but the side stuff bugs the bejesus out of me. And I didn't care for the Charles Dickens-y stuff as much as I should have because, you know, Christmas Carol and Great Expectations and, you know, all of that stuff. But it, the story was okay, but, like, I wanted to go back to more Abraham Lincoln. I kept wanting to, like, go back to Abe. I'm like, forget Charles Dickens. Like, it's... Well, the title of this is The Day the Rips Took Lincoln. I want to see Lincoln. Yeah, like, let's do a Charles Dickens episode, you know, but... Um, it was interesting that they did that. I find it funny that we're talking about that. And we just did a podcast on Quantum Leap where we're talking about book characters as well. <laughs> and how like it felt kind of weird that they had kind of dipped into that instead of them being more of a realistic jump. Right. It was fictional characters that, that episode they... should be out next month. Yeah. So when I'm referencing it, you know, it, it was talking about how... It was like a Humphrey Bogart character, and um, it was a murder mystery kind of dealy kind of thing. And um, we were talking about how it didn't feel, at least two of us out of the three of us speaking. You'll have to watch the, listen to the Starbright Project episode eight to hear more about who the descending ghost plug. was. Shameless yes. plug. That's what I do. I know. That's great. Because if you didn't do it, I was going to do it. <laughs> But, um, no, it's just one of those things where, you know, we talked about it not feeling, I felt it was more comic booky than, um, an actual episode for it. And that's kind of how I felt with this Charles Dickens episode, except for that they weren't as over the top as. Right. But real quick, let me interject real quick. While we've been talking, I've been looking on IMDb and, uh. John Anderson's played Abraham Lincoln three times, it looks like. Wow. In something in 1966 called The Fortune Cookie. And then the second time he played Abraham Lincoln was in 1977. Oh, the year I was born. I was born. (laughs) In something called The Lincoln Conspiracy. And then he, once again, in 1982, in this episode of Voyagers. That's really neat. And he lived until 19... I mean, he died... In 1992. No. So, I mean, he wasn't old. Well, he was 69. No, it's not. 69, dude. Sorry. Oh, gee, Merry Christmas. (laughs) You guys can just hang up now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he was also, like I said, before he, he was in two two episodes before he died. Uh, An episode of Quantum Leap was the second to the last. Oh, wow. And then an episode of Jake and the Fat Man. (laughs) Both in the same year. Wow. And then he passed away shortly thereafter. He did a lot of shows in between. The Perfect Strangers, MacGyver, Matlock, Star Trek Next Generation, and so forth. So so he's had a lot of things under his belt. And he I had say, a yeah. good acting career. Yes. And three of them was Abraham Lincoln. That's he, fantastic. He has that strong resemblance. So. Yeah. I guess if you got it, you got it. One thing I do want to mention is the lady being the bad guy. The mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked the fact that 
it was the bad the lady was the bad guy. I mean, we've seen it before, but I wasn't expecting it right away. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm joking all the lady listeners out there, both of them. Oh, I see what you're talking about. I just thought like you were being serious for a minute. No, I was being, I was being jokey. Oh, okay. Well, I, being, I didn't catch you know, that. Because that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I found it funny that they tried the whole, like, clothing switcheroo thing to see if that would work. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's, like, so cliche. But, you know, that's the well, yeah, 80s. Like, as I say, it's 1982, so I don't know if, how cliche it was at that point. Oh, I'm sure it was still very cliche. Yeah. I mean, it's the 80s. <laughs> how can you get any more cliche than just saying the 80s, you know? But... It was 82. It was very early 80s. <laughs> yeah, but it was what still you very... you know? You were a little girl. Meanwhile, I'm a teenager, so let's just shut up now. Yeah, I'm a higher Come teenager. As a, uh, I know <laughs> Anyways, so uh, so yeah, so they travel back in nineteen. I'm sorry, 1863. They find out that Lincoln was captured, and they escape and go to England, where they meet Charles Dickens, which you weren't impressed with, because mm-hmm. again, it's more of a, a literary thing. And I, I kind of that sounded like an insult. No. Not at all. I see where you're coming from. Like we were talking about over on the Star Bright Project, it kind of breaks the mold a little bit for them leaping into... Breaks canon. ...fictional characters. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, real-life people. Because this but, is a history show, but, I mean, it's still historically kind of there because maybe it actually got... Someone who was watching it, a watcher, listen to me, a watcher, boy, I'm sounding so articulate tonight. You like a traveler? Yeah. (laughs) A traveler. Someone who's watching the show. Right. A viewer. There we go. This is a viewer. To be interested in Charles Dickens. Yeah. So I, I know where they were trying to go with that to introduce Charles Dickens and, oh, these characters are actually interesting. Let me look up Charles Dickens and see who he is. And then they're like, oh, there's a book with them. And, you know, and pretty soon that's how they kind of get somebody maybe to read something from Charles Dickens. And oh, what do we know? Maybe there was similar characters out there that Charles Dickens based these stories on. Yeah, it could possibly be. It's too bad we couldn't interview him, right? Just well, warm up the DeLorean and uh, I was thinking, well, yeah. Go back I'd, in time. I'd rather use the DeLorean than the Quantum Leap Project because <laughs> <laughs> we would be leaping for a very long time and who knows where we'd end up. How about an Omni? Ooh. <laughs> See now this is a Voyager show. Yeah. How about an Omni? Or I thought you were going to go for Bill and Ted's phone booth. Oh, that That's would be fun. That's what I thought fun. you were going for. Yeah, okay. That's what I vote but for. My first vote is always the DeLorean. DeLorean. Of course. I mean, that's still, like, I think the best answer because it's a really cool car, too, by the way. Because, you know, the door's open. And a really good movie. Yeah, the first one's pretty good. but. three of them. Oh, geez. Anyway, but this isn't a Back to the Future podcast. I'll be later <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> over on Head Speaks. Watch for it. Anyways. Uh, or the 80s. Our 80s podcast. Somewhere. Yes. See it like Everybody talks about doing it for the Head Speaks podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps saying that. We'll see anyways. <laughs> but, you know, I digress. Again. So, they, yeah, they do the whole Charles Dickens trying to get the Omni back. Uh, Fagan and, well, it wasn't Fagan, but it was. Uh, the other person? Yeah, one of the kids. I forget his name now. My like, mind turned off. Right. One of the kids stole Arthur oh. Dodger. Darfo Dodger stole the Omni, so they had to to 
pose. I had to uh, fake out Fagin to get the army back. And again, I, I've read that book. I like Charles Dickens. Well, I do too. Well, but... I think I've read that one, Oliver Twist, and A Christmas Carol. So you haven't read Great Expectations? No, I don't think I read that one. That was pretty painful. <laughs> yeah, those. So I, I say I like Charles Dickens. I like Charles Dickens based on those two books. <laughs> I liked him a lot. But anyways, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that portion of it. It was okay. I'm not saying it, like, sucked, right. but... But no, I, I can see where you're coming from that, again, that they leapt into literary characters, in quotes. And I guess because I don't know that book, I, it was really hard for me to get connected to the characters. Yeah, if you haven't read Oliver Twist or seen any of the movies, I, I could see how... Yeah. And, and how they're not historically accurate, in quotes. Well, it wasn't even the history thing. I mean, well, it I was mean. just... I had no knowledge of it. So it's kind of like, you know, when you watch Voyagers, you know about certain things of history that's happened. Moses, you know, Moses, and Cleopatra and all them. So like, the it's right. So it's fun watching to see where it's going to lead to what's going to happen. And it's a beloved character per se, right. or a beloved person or something historically that I can connect to because I know of it. Right. This was one of those, especially because it's, you know, a book. And those of you who have heard me say that I'm not a reader, and then it's not because I choose to, it's because a book. of, yeah, because <laughs> of my dyslexia and, and whatnot. It's, it's reading isn't the most enjoyable thing, sadly for me. So it was one of those things where I had no, I, I'm trying to say there was no connection, but there was no investment. There's no expectations. There's no great expectations? I had no great expectations for those characters. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go that, That's okay. But, like, I, I didn't have any connection to them at all. Right. Like, they no, were, I, to I me, just that. throwaway characters. Yeah, if you're not familiar with those characters. So, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar? I know you haven't read Oliver Twist. Right. But are you familiar with Darfield Dodger, Fagan? Nope. Those names from anywhere, like in TV shows or anything? Nope. I know of the Dodgers. Difference, <laughs> so you haven't heard, that you can recall, you haven't heard of Fagin or the Artful Dodger anywhere else. No, I don't even know okay. what the Artful Dodger like to me. I, I didn't even know that was the kid's name in the yeah, show. That was, that was the main kid's name. Was the and Artful I'm like Dodger. the Artful Dodger? Does that mean like he dodges people and he's artful yeah. doing it? Yeah, basically. That was he his was name. What, he was what they call a, a cut purse. They would go along and they usually a little knife. And back in the those times, people carry their their money in like a little coin purse, right? And they would slip the purse and drop the coin and take down. the money out that way. Oh, geez. And that's why they were called a cut purse. Oh, geez. And they're basically pickpockets slash right. thieves. Right. Like breaking the homes like they showed on the episode. The Artful Dodger. I get it now. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But right. yeah, I still have no. If no. You, if you the only any... thing I know about Oliver Twist is, please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> please, sir, can I have some more? Like, that's all I know. Right, okay. And that's why I was just curious. I don't think we talked about this previously. I was just curious if. I know you haven't read that because you're not a big reader, unlike some people on this show. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just curious because I know that those in quotes characters have popped up in other shows and other other things. So I was just curious mm -hmm. offhand if, if it rung a bell to you from anywhere. No, not at all. But yeah, I did. Like I said, having read those book, that book, and being a Again, in quotes, a fan of Charles Dickens based off of two books. 
Yeah, I know he's a big literary literary writer, and right. people love him. So mm-hmm. to me, I I'm familiar with Oliver Twist. So I that had a little bit more meaning. Well, you had more connection it, to the yeah, characters. I had more connection to me because I knew of them. Right. So you were kind of wondering where they were going to go with it. Right. And it was, you know, that you they brought those characters so from I, a book to visually. And I kind of like the fact that even though it was based on a, a book, that they kind of made it seem like Dickens based the book on real life characters. That's, yeah, because I mean, I a lot of people do that. Yeah. You know, they write what they know and I know we've said that on shows and uh, people write what they know and you know there's got to be some connection to what uh, Charles Dickens had done probably in his writing but yeah I mean and who knows it it could possibly be that you know there was some connection for him with the people that he wrote you know so well, let me ask you, you're, you're a Disney or a cartoon type person. Yes. Have you seen Oliver and Company? No. Never mind then. I know of it yeah. and I know of the cat, but Yeah, see, that's, that's kind of based on Oliver Twist. See, and I know that there's like a Huey Lewis song that goes with it, but all I know is that I didn't want to watch it because I heard that there was going to be sad parts in it, so I couldn't. <laughs> wasn't going to watch it as a kid. Yeah, because I knew there was something you'd had to have seen, and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah Oliver and Company, which from 1988, it's a Disney animated feature. It's basically inspired by the story of Oliver Twist. It had Joey Lawrence as Oliver. Uh, the Dodger was played by voiced by Billy Billy Joel. See, I knew it was Billy Joel. Did I say Billy Joel? No, you said uh, Huey Lewis. Oh, okay. I meant Billy Joel. I'm sorry. And Faye was voiced by Dom DeLuise. I like Dom DeLuise. He he had his own cartoon one time. Dom DeLuise? Didn't he? You're thinking John Candy, maybe. No, I wasn't. No. I don't know. I don't know. Um, And then there was also had Robert Logia. Logia? I can't never pronounce his name. Logia? Played by uh, a guy named Sykes. Robert, whatever his last name is, he played Skeletor in the He-Man live-action movie. The Masters of the Universe movie. Okay. He played Skeletor. But anyways, I was just looking real quick and seeing if there's anything you would have seen this in. And uh, that that would have been the main thing you would have seen them in is Oliver Company. So if you get time, check out Oliver Company. Yeah, it's probably on um, Disney Plus. Yeah, that's a Disney animated version of Oliver Twist. But anyways, uh, that might be more up my alley. I think you like Disney and mm-hmm. animated animals, so I figure that might be something you would have seen. And the answer is no. Okay, but yeah, a lot of the characters from here, like say uh, Bill Sykes, one of, one of the assistants to Fagin, the other guy, mm-hmm. he was in the book. Garfield Dodger. So, yeah, a lot of these characters showed up in the actual novel. So, what Voyagers is saying in that universe is that Charles Dickens based that book on these actual people. And this is actually his second novel, which was published as a serial. Hmm. Did not realize that. A serial? Yeah. Uh, they would... He produced it in a couple of different little short stories mm-hmm. that was released periodically. Oh, I was thinking like breakfast cereal. No, no, no. Cereal with an S. <laughs> the same way. I'm like, he made a cereal? 
I don't try to think like what would have been called. Uh, <laughs> yeah, laugh it up, Fuzzball. Um, you know, the same way the the Green Mile Stephen King movie mm-hmm. originally came out as a series, it was like six or nine little short books. Okay, that told the whole entire story. I've I, never heard of that. Which I bought. <laughs> of course you did, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but anyway, so I guess that's enough about Oliver Twist and Fagin, since you're not familiar with them. Yeah. But I, I did like that portion of the story, just because... And I like the way that Phineas and Jeffrey try to, to uh, join their gang... gang to find out where the Omni's at and the entire, you know, they, the lady that Bog liked, like Bog, they had to steal something from her. And I just thought it was a great little, again, all these, most of these episodes, they have one storyline and then they jump away for whatever reason and they go to another storyline and then they go back to the main storyline. Right. I know that. So I, I like the fact that they, you know, interspace this. And sometimes the two storylines connect. Like in the one where they were, uh, part of the storyline dealt with slavery back in ancient Rome. And then the part dealt with slavery in the Americas, the United States. See, I like that, though. I well, like when I there's like a connection there's like a connection. that. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know offhand. I can't think. I may be missing it. If any of the viewers or listeners out there can see what I'm missing, I don't see really a connection between Abraham Lincoln and Charles Dickens, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, no, I... I... But no, I, I do like that, too, when there's when the two time periods have some sort of connection. Yeah, I like that better, because I, I feel twist. like the writers are like, they got like a fishbowl. And they've got all these <laughs> historical events and all these historical people, and they're like, randomly, let's pick out two. Okay, we've got Abraham Lincoln, oh, and Charles Dickens. How are we going to make this work? And I don't, I don't care for that. Like, <laughs> though, I guess if it was like Shakespeare, maybe because I'm I'm a huge Shakespeare fan, um, would I have had that same problem with it? I don't think I would because I'd have been like, oh my gosh, two of my favorite people, Abraham Lincoln and Shakespeare, you know? But. Well, first, like Agents of Satan, uh, one a couple of months ago. That's the one where they uh, they had. The Crucible. The Crucible. And where did they leap into next? It doesn't say the IMDb. I forget. But, uh, I think those two there were tied to. Oh, that was the Houdini one. Oh, yeah. So I, I think those two are kind of tied together a little bit. Just because they're both... Witchcraft and right. Houdini was into the, the, in quote, the mystics. Yeah, I still... I, I guess there was an underlining yeah, theme. Yeah, there, there was a bit more of a stretch, but that were, there was a bit of a tie-in there. Yeah. And like I say, sometimes you'll find that, sometimes you won't. Uh, yeah, the, I'm going to start calling it the fishbowl effect. <laughs> I think that's a good term for it, don't you think? Yeah. Where it feels like they literally reached into a fishbowl and are like, scenes from a hat, you know? <laughs> Um, for those of you who watch, uh, whose line is it in, anyways, you know, it's like they randomly picked out two things and we're going to have to connect them. Go. And see, that's what we have to look for in the future. But yeah, like the last episode was Cleo and the Babe, Cleopatra and Babe Ruth. That one there, there wasn't so much a, a tie line between the two, except for the fact that she Cleopatra was in- came 
in a New York. Yeah, but they still kind of tied that together, too, because she was in New York and she was trying, she was working with the guy who was... Well, that's kinda, they tied yeah. together that way. There was no yeah. Cleopatra and Babe Ruth really had to have any ties. It was no scenes from a hat. Right. Well, that one was a scene from a fish hat. Or fishbowl. Well, that, that was a fishbowl one, but they tied it together by bringing Cleopatra into the present yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. So if so, they would have maybe taken Charles Dickens and added it to uh, Abraham Lincoln somehow, I guess then, though I don't know how the heck they would have done that, I guess it would have been a little bit less of a stretch. I don't know. And the one before that was uh, Worlds Apart, where Phineas was Lawrence of Rubier and Jeffrey was a Thomas Edison. Again, not so much of a, a tie-in there either. A fishbowl effect. So sometimes sometimes there's a tie-in, sometimes they make a tie-in, and sometimes it's what Michelle's calling the fishbowl effect, which is a good name for it. You like that? Yeah, buddy. I like that. Thank you. Beautiful and smart. Look at that. Aww. <laughs> but anyway, so back to the day the Rebs took Lincoln. So after they finish up meeting Charles Dickens and the whole Oliver Twist storyline, they go back to Washington in 1862, and they save Abraham Lincoln from being hijacked. And again, now if I'm not mistaken, and they don't save him from getting killed. Let's make that clear. Which again, they again shouldn't have because that I was, know, but it just bothers me. I mean, especially I mean, you have someone like Jeffrey who knows how special Abraham Lincoln is and how majestic and I, I get it. I totally get why But the can't. question I, is I get why you can't. Well I'm just saying though on that note though, you're saying how special Abraham Lincoln is. Would that have changed his specialness in quotes any if he hadn't got assassinated when he did? I mean yes he did help free the slaves, but that's part of his, his mythos in quotes is that he died at the theater. Would that have changed, I wonder how we look at Abraham Lincoln if he lived on and continued to be a president. It depends on what he did, but I mean, mean, but he's, I mean, look at his, I loved, I will say I loved that they put in the Gettysburg address. Right. That gave me goosebumps. (laughs) As well as it should. Oh, I just, it's, (laughs) it's kind of like when you hear like Martin Luther King's speech, Mm -hmm. you have to stop and I don't care. Well, I guess it's not really everybody and who you are because it, maybe it's just my personal opinion. But I agree. when I hear that speech, I stop and listen. Well, it's a very moving, both the Gettysburg Address and uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream are both very moving. Yeah. And it's to think about being there, like Jeffrey mm-hmm. being there and... Yeah, like I would have been that person who would have just been in awe to be able yeah. to watch that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I guess as the history nerd buff kind I, of? I yeah, like the pseudo I'm gonna start calling me the pseudo history buff because I am nowhere near what I'm sure people consider a history buff. Like but we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just the thought of standing there and listening to this majestic speech and knowing Jeffrey, knowing how important that speech is, how amazing that speech is and having it and watching it by the person who gave it. Mm-hmm. Not hearing someone read what he's wrote, yes. but actually hearing Lincoln himself give that yes. historical speech. And you know, it, it we all know that, like, Abraham Lincoln sounded a certain way. It seems mm-hmm. like all the actors have a certain way that they... Cadence. Yeah. 
and it it just this guy just this major magnificent tall amazing person giving the speech i would have just been all over that you know in a heartbeat and i apparently i still am because even the actor <laughs> giving it gave me goosebumps but um i kind of envy jeffrey in that way especially because he it's almost like maybe an honor that Jeffrey got to do this, you know, maybe when he gets older, say like mm-hmm. Jeffrey grows up and he's back home, say right. like somehow they get him back home and he reflects back on everything. Don't shake your head. No, at me, like, no, he doesn't. I'm going somewhere with this. Let me finish, dude. Um, but no, like, you know, you think about it and you're like, well, what if Jeffrey did get home and he grew up? Would he, I think he would reflect back on some of his experiences, you know, watching the Wright brothers and. Oh yeah. You, you couldn't live the, the life that Jeffrey lived at this point without it changing you fundamentally. Right. But I'm, but what I'm saying is though, what an honor that would be because mm-hmm. his dad was such a history buff Yep. and knowing that his parents died in this horrific car accident and, you know, he couldn't save them. It, it kind of feels like in a way he's honoring his father by going through some of these things with Bog in a way and spewing out the information that he does. So Rain Man like um, <laughs> and savantly um, that, you know, thinking of it. And it's funny because for listeners out there, today was my uncle's funeral. We lost him to COVID and he had three boys and I guess that's kind of where my mind is at is like honoring someone so prolifically, um, through that and watching people talk about my uncle and how amazing he was and all the things that he did and touch people's minds and hearts and all of that. I, I almost feel like that's, where Jeffrey is and kind of shines in that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I know in past instances, I've always complained about him being the savant know-it-all that like, I think is a bunch of bull crap, but um, you, you haven't complained about that. Yeah. But except for every episode, getting, having a different viewpoint tonight because of that. Right. It makes you think. It kind of makes you maybe hopefully, I hope, you know, I hope for the character Jeffrey, <laughs> when he grows up, he looks back at it and is like, wow, I honored my father. And, you know, unless he like dies in some weird accident because Bog is an idiot. Next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, I'm, I know. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. Very and, much so. And I think it's kind of a, a neat thing, but I still feel like they gave the writers gave Jeffrey way too much knowledge. <laughs> You know, without having some kind of junior woodchuck guidebook. Yes, and I'm throwing that in there so we can actually put it in this one, too. But um, the soundbite for it. But um, I just feel like I still feel like Jeffrey's too savant like, but kind of going off where my heart is tonight. And I'm feeling kind of generous, generous and kind of melancholy. I guess in a little bit and reflective. Uh, I feel like 
I'll give it to him. You know? Okay, Jeffrey. I'm going to I'm going to kind of lean back a little bit and let you breathe a little bit, but um and we'll see how I feel like the next episode yeah. after like I, my feelings have passed. Probably not. She's going to get milk. <laughs> That's what I do. But uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I know I'm rambling on about it, but I, I'm i feeling strongly about that tonight. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what about you? I mean, what do you think about that? About what? But no, what I just I'm said. I'm joking. No, I well again, I haven't I haven't disparaged poor Jeffrey as much as you have. <laughs> I I understand where Jeffrey's coming from. Cause again, he's got a history knowledge like I have a comic book knowledge. Yeah, but you're so. I, I I would say but you're not a savant, <laughs> but you are I always have called you the encyclopedia of comic books. So I <laughs> So again, we all have our, our things that we're good at. He just happens to be good at history. Passion. So yes. So and I understand where you're coming from, having lost your uncle and, and realizing that the effect that people can have on other people around them. is a very positive thing. Yeah. Can be a very positive thing. Yes, very thing. much so. So It's like the ripple effect. Yes. Yeah, again, I, I just think Jeffrey, yeah, like you said, he kind of honors his father with his, his knowledge that he shares like, his dad would be time. super proud of him. Oh, yeah, very much so. You know, like, wow. Because, you know, you, as a parent, you try to teach your kids certain things. And when they regurgitate what you've taught them. Oh, yeah. Especially with your passion. So, right. like, when Alexis would see Wolverine and she would say, snickety snick. You know, even <laughs> Grayson. Um, yeah, my little girl. You know, it's. Okay. <laughs> uh, you get that. Ah, uh, it's a chip off the old block, yeah. kind of. Well, Grayson's playing with his GI Joe toys. Yes, yeah, you, very much. you absolutely just melt into a puddle of goo. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's like, oh, you want that GI Joe? Okay, I'll buy it for you because it's not Barbie. <laughs> it's GI Joe. It's GI Joe, but um, it's it's just one of those things where seeing your kid enjoy something that you enjoy mm-hmm. and you're passionate about. And knowing that you've instilled that in your child, mm-hmm. Very much so. it's, there's nothing like it. Right. And I kind of feel bad for Jeffrey's dad now that he didn't get to see him travel through time and, you know, all this stuff. But I mean, if Jeffrey wasn't at his aunt and uncle's, he would never have met Phineas Bogg. So there is that. Right. Well, it's like my son, my oldest son is a father now mm-hmm. and, and seeing the way he interacts with his daughter fills me of joy and it makes me, you know, think that maybe I did something right. Right. When I was raising him, the way he interacts with his daughter. Because he's so. a dang good father. Yes. And you definitely so. instilled that in him. And so I know exactly where you yeah, right. Oh, we got all teary-eyed. <laughs> it's late. Jeffrey sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jeff. That's Michelle saying that. No. But, uh... <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then it's like... You never really get to hear about, now that I'm thinking about it, and we're like so digressing from the episode, but we're still like <laughs> talking about the characters. Uh, you really don't know much about Phineas Boggs' family life or like anything about him. Let's put a pin in that. Really? Are you being a jerk right now? I am. <sighs> I, don't think, I don't think we learn a whole lot. We, we learn, yeah, we don't learn much about Phineas that I can remember pre-Voyager life. That just 
sucks donkey balls. And again, I think part of that may be because it was only one season. Yeah, it, it could further on. They may have done more with yeah Phineas's past. Yeah, and again, that's so sad that they never got to because of the accident. Well, actually, it was canceled because of. Oh, it got canceled before. That's yeah, right. It was canceled yeah. by uh, it was NBC dummies because they wanted to have a news competing show to compete against sixty minutes. That's right. That's right. And and John Eric whatever. Was filming a different show. Nick Nixon? No, something like that. Something like he, that. he was filming another show. Again, I'm terrible at names. Me but too. He was filming another show when he died. That's right. I keep thinking that he died right after like season one. Before well, that's in part of that's my fault because for some reason for years that's what I thought. Oh, you probably told yeah. me that until we started I podcasting. He died filming. Or right after filming this or something, that's why they didn't continue it. But then I, when I started doing this podcast, I looked into it further, and that's when I discovered that actually NBC had canceled it. He went on some other show, and that's when he died. That's right. And just to correct ourselves, his name is John Eric Hexum. Hexum. I knew it was close to Nexum. I was almost there. I'm sorry, Gina, if you're listening to this. Please don't kick me off your Facebook group. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Facebook real quick... Uh, from the Voyager's Guidebook, which we talked about in the Facebook group I'm on. Uh, we're on. We're on. I forget you're on there now, too. Um, <laughs> one of the, the posters on there named Sarah Horton had mentioned they were talking about this actual episode. And she'd ask, well, did Lincoln free the slaves in the wrong way? Did Lincoln refusing to let the Confederates leave cause our modern-day problems? And I made a note of that. I wanted to talk, ask it on the show because I thought that was a very interesting question. Because, again... The whole Civil War, part of it, contrary to what Southerners want to tell you, was part of it was about the slavery. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, what if Lincoln had let the South secede and become a different nation? Would we be having problems we are having today with race relations and... Well, I mean... And I thought that was a very interesting question. People thought they could own people. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe we would have gone to war in a different time. If they'd gone off in the South of a different country, the North of a different country, so there wasn't that so right. much mingling back and forth, and we weren't forcing our, get unquote, values on them. But in America itself, which would be the Northern states, would we be having. Because again, while yes, slavery's been abolished and. Black people today have a lot more freedom than they did back then. They still deal with a lot of bullcrap. Yeah, they still deal with the racist people, and they still deal with uh, uh, racial profiling. prejudice and yeah, racial profiling and all this other crap. If the South was a different country, but it still was tainted. It, it there was still you had people who believed yes that there should be no slavery. Mm-hmm. However, you still have people who. I feel like it's not like it was divided. Like right. if you if you were against or for, right. you were in one place or another. There were both sides that felt that right. way about it. But it also could have been a more flip-floppy thing where you had people who were on the fence and were either leaned more to, or you were taught one way or another, right. but they still owned a slave up until that point. And right. so mentality wise, 
I mean, America doesn't, we don't have slaves now, per se, but, and that's not our mentality to have slaves and own another human being. However, there still is some mentality over which race is a higher race than the other. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, yes, racism is taught because, you know, I don't feel like a kid coming out of a human being is going to have racial... For the most part, yeah, you take a black kid and a white kid from their families right away and put them together. They're going to love each other no matter. Right. They're not going to even see color. Right. Like, and you and you see that I'm a preschool. Well, I, I was a preschool teacher. I'm, I'm at home now with my kids. But as a preschool teacher, I've never seen. Well, I take that back. I have seen racism in younger kids only because it was taught to by their parents. By their parents. By the However. Parents. On that same notion, I've also seen where there, it's not even, you know, kids color people purple and green and yellow Mm -hmm. and they don't, you know, it's the rainbow. They, because they like that color, you know, our son's like, I want to color everything purple today, (laughs) you know, and people are purple and he even draws himself. Like if you ask him to do a self portrait today, he's going to have green hair and he's going to wear a pink shirt with purple pants, but he doesn't he's not wearing that you know necessarily if you ask him to draw a self-portrait that's not his self-portrait because it's not what he's wearing but he doesn't see it's just what his heart is feeling Mm -hmm. at the moment and i feel like kids are feeling what their heart is until you've taught them otherwise very much i agree 100 percent that yeah a lot of this this hatred and this 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 racism if you will is taught by parents either intentionally or unintentionally by their actions yes yes or hearing it or kids will hear it in a group setting mm-hmm. and it's either accepted and they find that it's an acceptance that, that they've been taught to accept. Right. Um, growing up, my grandfather and you had the same, the same pro, uh, right. thought as or you had the same upbringing as I did where my grandfather would say certain things to me as a teenager, because I was listening to rap music Mm -hmm. and, and all this stuff. And he would say certain things and I would be so offended and so hurt. And my mom would be like, Michelle, it's just his era. Like my mom would be like, I had a really good black friend growing up in high school and he would come over and hang out. And you know, your grandfather didn't treat him any differently, but at that same notion, my grandfather would say things Mm -hmm. To get my goat. Right. And to, because I'm sure he used those back in the day and it was okay because back in the day it was, it was more acceptable. And I remember like one time I almost tried to throw him out of my own home and my mom was just horrified because I was so upset with him because he kept, and my grandfather loved to egg me on and tease me. And just to the point where I was on the verge of tears, he would tease me. And my mom always said I was just too sensitive of a child, but I think it was because he really like to the point of almost bullying, you know, but he was a great man. Don't get me wrong, but his, his idea of what was funny or what he could say was very wrong. Right. And I think as an adult, if he was around and he said something like that in front of my children, 
I would be so offended and so appalled that I would have to a definitely address my children right on the spot that no, that was not acceptable and let them know that we as a family don't think that way or talk that way. And then I would have to have explained to my grandfather that if you're going to be around my kids, you will never say that again. And it didn't matter what it was because it he. I think every once in a while I maybe heard him say the N word, but that really wasn't the stuff that right. he used. So I, I feel like it was, my, you know, my dad and then my mom. My mom definitely, I don't feel, has that in her. And then I know my mom instilled it in me and I'm even stronger in that viewpoint with our children. And I know you're the same way. Well, see, I I didn't get that from my mom. Uh, My stepfather was, he wasn't overly racist, but he was, (laughs) he was stupid. Uh, I remember one time during dinner, uh, it was like Sunday lunch. We had the pastor over or something like that. And he was saying that he believes there was back with Noah and the ark and all that. He believed there was different arcs for each race. So dumb. <laughs> you know, like so my grandparents, like you said, they, they were old-fashioned races, I guess. You know, if you had some dirt on you, my grandma would be like, oh, look like you've been kissed by a little colored girl. Things like that. And, but my uncle, Melvin, who recently passed away, he, he tended to be a bit on the racist side. Yes. I remember one time we were in a, a town nearby. It was me, him, my grandmother, and my boys when they were real young. And the boys hadn't cleaned their rumors. He was upset with them, and he's like, well, if you don't clean your room, I'm going to give all your toys. I'm going to go find some little in and give it to the, to the you know, some little in word. And I'm like, I just lost. I'm like, no, do not use that kind of language around my boys. Otherwise, I'll go find some color session, drop you off, and let them know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was livid when he said that, especially around the boys, because I mean, they were young and they were impressionable. <clears throat> and they really held Melvin on a high regard. Yes. So, they yeah, put him up on a pedestal. Yes. So for them to hear that, I can imagine yeah, how upset you were because they wanted to embody mm-hmm. what their uncle was like. And, and that's a scary thing, you know. Oh, and, well, yes. He, he was a good guy. If he, he liked you, he'd give the shirt off his back. Right. But he did have plenty of faults. Well, we all do. And being a bit racist was one of his. Right. Even though if you would have asked him, well, I got a black friend or two. <laughs> what doesn't make you not racist? Exactly. It makes you just tolerating and, you know. Or whatever. But, yeah. But, yeah, things like that make you a racist to me. But, anyway, that's another story entirely. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, to answer your question, I still feel like there is slavery out there still. Well, that's what a lot of people call, like, the, the prison system. They call that a type of slavery. But I'm talking about different countries. Oh, you yeah. There yeah. is definitely still slavery out there. And yes. I know that, like, America wants to fix everybody's problems, even though we have major ones going on right now. So I feel like since we're so close neighbors, like for instance, if Canada were to all of a sudden become a slave country or even Mexico, I know Mexico has their faults too, but let's just use Canada because I know Canada is very much closer to American, you know, ideals. I feel like we might've gone to war over that. And even nowadays, like, 
because it's so close. Right. You know, yeah. it's kind of like too close for comfort kind right. of thing. I can see that, yeah. Whereas, you know, if it's out of sight, out of mind in a different country across, across the, ocean. the ocean somewhere yeah. in, say, like India or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where there is, but I'm sure that there's other countries out there. And I wasn't picking on India. It's just the first, you know, place I was thinking of. But I just feel like. Americans are very much the type of people that if it doesn't affect me and I don't see it, that's not happening, you know, and we put our head in the sand a lot of times. So I feel like if it was closer to us, you know, and if you say that, you know, you know, they succeed, they succeeded and we're over here and they're over here. I think right. that there would have been still some kind of war. Right. It wouldn't have been called a civil war, but it would have been like maybe, I don't know, especially like the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Right. Well, that's what I, I think that's kind of where her question was leaning towards. Mm -hmm. Again, yes, we would have had problems with the Confederate States, but in the United States itself, would we be having these problems like we're having? But if it would succeeded, be, it wouldn't be the United States anymore. It would have been like some other... Well, we still could have been the United States, and they would have been the Confederate States. Mm -hmm. I guess you're right on that Because part. we were the United States of America, but if they were to form their own country... country. Yeah. So they would have been the Confederate States, for instance. Right. And, you know, I, I'm using these names from uh, uh, a writer named Trilldove had a, a series of books on alternate history. Right. And one of, his series, one of the series I read of his was what if the Confederate States had broken off and became their own country. Right. And they were called the Confederate States of America. And we we're still the United States of America. I still think we would have and, uh, battled it out. Yeah, at some point, yeah, we would have came to war with them if, if things hadn't changed. I agree 100%. Because I don't feel that the African-American community would have stood for that. Right. You know, especially if, like, Martin Luther King still was a person in this alternate reality that we're speaking of. I don't feel like he would have stood for it. Right. You know, and I feel like... He would have led the march right. against the other and Confederate the states if, of America. If we had been two separate countries, if we hadn't tried to force uh, again uh, the South into thinking like we think again, I know it, it, yeah, that sounds really funky, but I agree. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like stereotyping and kind of mm -hmm. you know, but it, generalizing, you know, generalizing. I think that's what I'm looking for. If we you know, had been a separate country, would Martin Luther have been killed? Would you know they're Malcolm X? Would, you he know. might have gone to war and gotten killed elsewhere, right. but who knows? Uh, like, yeah, or so maybe he be, would have become the next president, or maybe he would have been the person to bring both of them together again. Who knows? You know, yeah, just interesting thoughts. No, that was a really neat yes. question, and I appreciate you know someone posting that to give us a topic to kind of digress from a little bit. Thank you, Sarah. Voyager's guidebook, the Facebook group that we're on. Yeah, no, that's a very fantastic question and I hope we did it justice. <laughs> but back to the day the Rebs took Lincoln. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I've kind of rambled off on my thoughts. But well, and I agree with you know, what you're saying for the most part. I mean, yeah, it, it's the episode itself, that was a great episode. I enjoyed both the, the, the uh, Charles Lincoln Dickens. episode and the or the uh, Lincoln portion and the Charles Dickens portion. I just thought, like you said, John Anderson did a great job as Lincoln. Uh, I enjoyed the, the I say when uh, Bob went to the, the party and he met Lincoln, and then he was trying to tell me, oh, we've got to take you a different way. He was trying to save him from going the, the way that Hillary was captured at. I thought that was a nice little, you know, yeah. scene. 
But yeah, I just thought it was a great episode, and I, I thought, again, it was very, I don't know, it was very, especially... Entertaining? Well, yeah, it was entertaining, but I think especially in this day and age, because again, like we said, slavery has been abolished. There's no more slaves in America, but we are still having a lot of problems with racial tensions, racial Absolutely. problems. Uh, I just thought watching this at this time and point in history was very poignant and very, mm-hmm. very apt. Yeah. So... And I don't know, I I guess as a kid, you're taught to appreciate Abraham Lincoln. Right. Um, and, you know, there might be people out there that are not like me and we, we get excited over the Gettysburg Address or, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I just... You, you, you know, there's President's Day and you, when you're a kid, you did the whole Abraham Lincoln craft and you did the George Washington well, craft. I when I was a kid, it was, George, it was uh, Washington's birthday and then Lincoln's birthday. Yeah, we, we, we did two that. two separate holidays. Yeah, we did that too. Back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> and then they decided to change it. But, um, no, it's... It, and they always had like sales, like car sales, like <laughs> right. Yeah, all the, yeah. The store, a lot of the stores, like Merv, Mervins, and Godshocks, and all them. The Abraham Lincoln sale, or the President's Day sale. Now it's the President's Day sale. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was growing up, it was special sales for each of the birthdays, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's it's we don't have it's. I mean, I get why we celebrate. Both of them, as far as the presidents go, right. George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. However, has there really been many presidents after that that you feel would deserve their oh, birthday yeah. celebration? Yeah. JFK? Why? Because he was assassinated? Yeah. No, because he, he did a lot for the country as far as the whole Camelot thing and trying to unite our country. Uh, again, I wasn't alive at that point, but from what I've heard, he's done a lot of great things also. So I think maybe maybe JFK. I will say, you know, when you bring up the whole Camelot thing. Maybe Trump. There, no, I'm sorry. There was definitely, he had a lot of class. Yes. And especially his wife. Like his right. wife. Jackie O was yeah, Jackie right. O was just so graceful. And, you know, even as our world was destroyed, you know, I feel like that woman showed more strength. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I've seen pictures of her standing in Air Force One with Lyndon B. Johnson and her dress still has blood stains right. on it while she's watching him be sworn uh, into blood uh, brains all over. Her dress yeah. And... and she's standing there watching him get sworn in. And I know at that point she was in shock, right. you know, um, as a woman who's actually been married before and had lost her husband early on. There is definitely a shock that you have that. Just goes through, and I'm I can't even imagine the shock that she went through watching all that unfold, and you know having that happen, and and having that on you. But she was so, no, I don't want to say poised because I don't, you know, I've only seen a still photograph, but right. um, from what I've heard and read and watched, she just had this, uh, this she just resonated this poise even Mm -hmm. during the most darkest time in her life and uh reflecting on it you know i visually in my head i could still see her in in that 
convertible reaching for part of her husband's head out of the back of the, you know, and that just blows me away that she was, I mean, at that point you're just in shock and trauma and you're trying to save whatever you can. And I'm sure she, it's like catching a a baseball, you know, you're just, you're not thinking you're right. just doing yeah because she literally just reacted to whatever mm-hmm. she reacted to but um luckily that one serviceman was there to pull her to safety and, and yeah her. and uh we have the world think of to uh, we have to thank sam beckett for that who sam beckett oh gee many christmas <laughs> i <laughs> thought you were <laughs> being serious for a minute there but no he just, like pulls back into like geekville <laughs> but <laughs> Um, and <laughs> goober, but uh, it's just one of those things where you, I don't know. I guess it's funny because I feel like even though this is like an eighty show and it's fictional, it's really kind of brought me to a realization on how much history is important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they always say like, if you know your history, you won't, you know, hopefully you won't repeat what's right. Those that don't remember their history is doomed to repeat it. Right. And also you, you know, it's, they always say though, that history does repeat itself. It's one of those things where I'm just talking about the historical events that happen even in this television show. It's made me realize how much I appreciate the stuff that I do know. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the knowledge that I have, and I thank, you know, my educators for that, because... Thank you, teachers. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying, though? Oh, no, I I hear you, Deb. Yeah, 100%. And I feel so bad, because I gave, like, the best history teacher just crap (laughs) in junior high. Um, And now you're looking back. I'm sorry. It was either junior high or my freshman year, but either way, I think it was actually in high school, you know, because you're just brats during your teenage years, but... Writing, we used to have to watch videos that he would play and then write a little story. And of course, you know, being the kids that we were, we would write, you know, really horrible things on our papers because we were so bored with the history that he showed. And it's sad because as an adult, I want to go back and use the Omni and tell (laughs) young me pay attention because there's gonna be one day where you're gonna go back and be like man i really wish i would have enjoyed those videos that he showed and Mm -hmm. you know he was one of those teachers that really tried to reach the kids but we were just buttholes and because he was so dry he really almost looked like a clark kent (laughs) but he had like these humongous bite like arms he was just built oh, like yeah, you talk about him yeah mr parks i'll never forget him and he wore a clark kent hat and had clark kent glasses and had the suit but he didn't look like clark right. kent but that's who he reminded me of and he was just a gargantuan of a man he was like kansas cornfield you know like gargantuan guy and i don't mean gargantuan as in fat i mean he was just stacked he well was built. just a tree, right. you know, and tall too. And I just rem- I just really wish I wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, dear Mr. Parks, did you know that Hitler only had one ball, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> stupid stuff like that instead of really soaking up right. what he taught me about Hitler and all of that because he really tried to go into detail and here I was writing, you know, 
letters to him about how Hitler had no, one ball. Hitler's testicle. Yeah, and what a punk, you know? So, Jeffrey, I give you nod for not being a punk and enjoying the history and really owning up to your dad. Enjoy what last, Jeffrey. Next month should be really killing you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've had a change of heart. We'll see next month. We'll see what the next Join episode us. is. For episode eight, when we find out if Michelle actually had a change of heart or if it was just emotions riding the way. <laughs> I'm bipolar today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I agree with you when it comes to the episode itself. The Dickens part, the story was kind of fun to watch if, you know, you don't know the characters and you're just watching the story. Um, it was interesting seeing uh, Jeffrey get caught when he fell through the window mm -hmm. that yeah. was comical um but i didn't know where they were going to go with it i was wondering how they were going to handle that after he got caught but uh other than that I, I guess the episodes themselves were or the episode itself the two parts the fishbowl um the fishbowl fish episode that we are now calling it uh was enjoyable for the most part yeah and i agree 100 it was it was great Coming from the like we've talked about, coming from have, being familiar with Charles Dickens and Oliver Twist, and, and knowing about Abraham Lincoln and all that, again, I wasn't as mean as you were in school. I didn't really know, right about <laughs> Hitler's testicle in my report because I was a good kid. But, oh, God. Uh, but yeah, no, coming from a different angle than you are. And again, when I first saw this, I was twelve years old. Uh, you didn't see this until recently, so I mean, there's also that difference of. Mm -hmm. when our life we saw that so yeah and again this was time travel again i was a big time travel fan so i did like the, the time travel aspect of it but i also did like say the charles dickens i liked the abraham lincoln portion of it i just thought it all flowed nicely and i thought i liked the way they they the writers wrote that to go together so do you think 12 year old you got as much enjoyment out of it as you 51-year-old you. <sighs> different enjoyments. I think so. Different That's what enjoyments. I was going to say. I yeah, think a different type. I mean, now I, I appreciate a lot more. Of the again, historical aspect. Trying to think back. I don't remember if I'd read Oliver Twist by that point. I would think not. I may have. Really? I was reading everything. Yeah, that's true. I, I was a reader. I, I read, I'd take a book to the bathroom with me. I would read constantly. So I, I, I don't remember when I first read Oliver Twist, though. So I, I knew of Oliver Twist, but I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if I'd read him by that point. Right. But but again, watching it now as an adult, I, I do have a different appreciation for it than when I was 12. I think when you're 12, you're just watching it for the, uh, the, the action, entertainment the time travel, yeah, the, yeah. value of it. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, you kind of appreciate the, the underlining. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one thing great thing about the show that you know I say as a twelve year old I enjoyed it, as a fifty one year old man I'm enjoying it still. Yeah, and again I'm getting different things out of it with this rewatch than I did forty years ago. I wonder if ago. you would find another kid who enjoys time travel and all that stuff, and you set twelve that twelve year old down. Right? Would they enjoy? See, it, but it, I think they're too spoiled with now technology and, yeah. you know, everything that they've watched. I mean, they've watched Avengers and, you know, yeah, and Thanos snapping a finger and watching <laughs> Spider-Man disintegrate, you know, disintegrate. But 
with the technology that's out there now, I, you know, this is definitely more of a hokey. I mean, it's eighties. Right, eighties effect. I think the effects hold up in quotes for you know again for me nineteen eighty two. Yeah, they're not throwing but... like bombs out of like Phineas having all those bombs in the the I want to say the Cuban. The Cuban cigar and all of that, like <laughs> yeah. that was just ridiculously bad. But no, I, but I just wonder, like, what the twelve-year-old you, if we were to interview that twelve-year-old right. you, what you would what, say about it? Yeah, and again, I don't remember back that far. No, so. no, but it's just it, thinking the, about it. Pull my DeLorean and wax it up, and time travel back to nineteen eighty-two and ask me. Yeah, you got to find the flux capacitor and some. Of course, I don't know. I, I may freak out some. <laughs> 50-year-old bald guy comes walking up to me. Hey, boy, let me talk to you about Voyager. <laughs> Mom, hell. <laughs> this weirdo out here. Yeah. You mean I'm going to be bald one day? <laughs> I'm shaved, thank you very much. <laughs> Balding, but I'm shaved. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think we've got to beat this into the ground at this point. Do you have any yeah. thoughts on this episode of Voyagers? No, I just... I thinking about Jeffrey and his dad that's you know I wanted to give it a different view tonight and I think that very nice very much so it, it's a different view and maybe you know listeners yeah, not such a bitch after all am I but no I just looking back on it and being reflective you know I've been really hard on Jeffrey and his savantness and rain manness and all that junk but I'm going to give it to him tonight. We're just, I'm going to be a little bit kinder and pat him on the back and say that he's honored his father well and really not talk about Phineas Bogg because he still bugs the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> we got another 13 episodes to go, so we'll see how much, how long this love fest lasts. Yeah, probably not very long. <laughs> I'll probably get pissed off at like another character like I did Babe Ruth for a long time until we had a conversation on it, but... But no, I, when, who knows? We'll have to see. But I'm curious about the listeners who have actually, you know, listened to our podcast, what they're going to think tonight. Hal, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Let us know, Hal or Gina. Like, you know, do you think that uh, maybe I've turned a page or is this going to be just a one night type thing? I don't know. We'll have to see. I want to go watch another episode now. Well, I guess that's about it for this episode. So. Yeah. So. I'm glad we got to talk about it. And why don't you go ahead and go into the DeLorean and open up the glove compartment and pull out your Omni. <laughs> like what I did there? Yes. Very clever, huh? Very turned on now. Anyways. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> talk nerdy to me. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and open up that glove compartment and pull out your Omni. And let me know something of where we're going next or what, what Phineas and Jeffrey are going to do next. So maybe I can kind of go back to my original self. Maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe I've got Sam Beckett in me right now. Maybe. You know what? That sounded really bad. Never mind. Yeah, let's, uh, on. No. <laughs> let's edit that out. Nope, it's dangerous. <laughs> Crap. Hey, did it help me? <laughs> anyway, so let me check out. Let me check the on me. <laughs> Green light, right on. And it looks like. Uh, so, what do you think about pirates? Pirates. Pirates. 
I think that Phineas Bogg is a horrible pirate. Okay, how about other pirates? Um, well, if you're talking about, like, uh, Johnny Depp in uh, <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, well, actually, let's talk about Orlando Bloom. I think that's a better, like, person and, for me. Uh, but also General Andrew Jackson. Really? Yes. He was on the $20 bill. Yes, we'll find out why. I like $20 bills. So do I. Well, it was $100, but you know. Yeah, but I'll take 20s. They can add up to 100 <laughs> any day. Um, but yeah, so we'll find out more about this next episode. Oh, bat's breath. If you want to learn more about the Wright Brothers, Eddie Rickenbacker, and the early days of flying, take a voyage to your nearest public library. It's all in books. Thank you for listening. This has been Voyager's Cast, a proud member of the hit cast network family of shows. All copyrights belong to respective owners, and no copyright infringement is intended or implied. We're just a huge fan of time travel shows, and Voyagers in particular. Be sure to join us monthly as we watch where Phineas and Jeffrey land next. And if you enjoy this show, check out the other shows on the HeadCast Network. The first week of the month, we have Head Speaks and the Starbright Project. Head Speaks is where I talk about comic books, TVs, movies, books, anything geeky. The Starbright Project is where Michelle and I look at another great time travel series, Quantum Leap, and then we'll talk about it. The second week of the month brings you G.I. Joe, Real American HeadCast, and this show, Voyager's Cast. Over on my G.I. Joe show, we look at the G.I. Joe comics and cartoons from the late 80s. The third week of the month, we drop both Task Force X and Retrospect to the 80s. Task Force X is a show that looks at the Suicide Squad and Checkmate books from the late 80s. Retrospect to the 80s, surprisingly enough, is a show where Michelle and I, and possibly some guests, look back at what we think is the greatest decade there was, the 80s. Finally, the fourth week of the month, I release the Starman, Manhunter, Adventure Hour, and Bravo Team. Starman, Manhunter is a show where I look at the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter books, both from the late 80s. Yes, I, I have a time period. Uh, Bravo Team is my sister show to the G.I. Joe team, or maybe brother show, where we look at anything else G.I. Joe related. We'll be back next month to join our friends Phineas and Jeffrey as they leap into, well, the unknown. Until then, remember, may your landings always be soft and your lights always be green.